In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the Daily Memphian's uh, Memphis Tiger podcast. It's Jeff Calkins. Uh, leading the proceedings today, along with Jonah Jordan, who covers the Memphis Tigers for the Daily Memphian. You can subscribe, by the way, to the Daily Memphian at dailymemphian.com. Makes a perfect holiday gift, I will say that. And now annual subscriptions uh, are the way to do it. So uh, please join us at dailymemphian.com. Come. We're going to talk about uh, both football and basketball here. I'm going to get to basketball in a minute. Um, Jonah has some recruiting updates on a bunch of high-profile players, and we'll talk about uh, the Memphis Tiger basketball team and the progress they have shown. Before that, though, I did want to um, talk about football a little bit. And one of the interesting things is um, I think everyone just assumes Mike Norvell is going to be back. But I will tell you as we sit here today on Wednesday, yep. I don't assume he's going to be back. Do you assume he's going to be back? I won't assume that he is back until he sits in front of a camera, sits in front of a mic, and says, I'm 100% coming back for next season. I think that the the assumption is that he will be back. I think his assistants think he will be back. People are out recruiting like he is coming back. They just picked up another commitment. Yeah, Deshaun Watkins, a three-star kid who had a ton ton of uh, offers. Ole Miss, Tennessee, he was committed to Florida. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When I saw that, that about him, um, he's an he's an athlete who's either a corner or a receiver, and it sounded like he, he, maybe a corner. Where do where do you think he'll, he'll play be? corner? He'll if play he corner. Makes, it sounded it sounded more like corner. If he is able to get eligible, he will play corner, and he will be just as good as T.J. Carter. Is the assumption he will step in and play from right when away? When I read that that his list of offers, including <laughs> Ole Miss and whatever else, I will tell you this: I tend to be. There are times I there are times Memphis has beaten SEC teams for. Players, D'Angelo Williams, yep. I believe Memphis beat for beat SETC teams for players, um, and there there are others, but it's rare. And so, when I read um, that list of offers, I often think these people, schools, were interested early in the proceedings, but probably are no at some point tailed off for some reason. Yeah. In the in the in in this case, was did he these legit SEC offers? Any oh yeah, those Memphis? those were legit SEC offers. I mean, he was committed to Florida at one point. I mean, they they wanted him. I mean, Oklahoma, Tennessee, S, like SEC teams were in his top nine. Memphis was the only Group of Five team besides UCF in his top nine. Like people wanted him. I think his academic situation may have had a little bit to do with that. But I do know Memphis was there from the beginning. Ryan Silverfield has become a, a household name. Is he a monster recruiter? Yes. He is a – like literally they they talk about it all the time. He is a household name in Nashville. I mean, you talk about SEC offers. Open Eze is another one. I, I had Tennessee people tweeting at me after he committed to Memphis. That it wasn't real. Oh, it wasn't real. It wasn't real. Alabama would have taken him sight unseen had he committed to Alabama when he committed to Memphis. Tennessee would have taken him. Ole Miss would have taken him. Ole Miss made a late push with Hugh Freeze for him. Like, they wanted him, and Ryan Silverfield was able to do it. He's a monster on the trail. I think TJ Rushing has done a really good job complimenting him in East Tennessee. They helped him get another three-star athlete who will play receiver or corner in uh, Guyassi Madison, who will probably 
I think he could have a chance to play next year, but he's not as good as Watkins. I got you. So they're out recruiting like as if he's going to be here. The only really opening at this point, the ones that people talked about originally were Maryland. Well, Maryland's filled. Uh, they talked about Louisville. Well, Louisville's filled. Um, who else did they talk about? Uh, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech. Well, no, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. The only one that the only one that people sort of talk about that's not filled is Georgia Tech. Yeah. Georgia Tech has said they are not. Go- they're going to go away from the Paul Johnson offense. Mike Norvell would do that. It would be weird to lose another coach to Georgia to, to Georgia <laughs> Tech. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'll, I, I'm not saying he's going anywhere, but until listen, this is when they're all up at the convention Anything in New York. Can Anything can happen. You, you don't know until it's done. And so I will, and I assume it someday he'll leave. I thought he did a given. Yeah. Given everything, it, this is one of the things. There were various some discontent in the wake of the football, in the wake of the championship game about the second half, and I understand that and whatnot. But taken broadly, he's done and his staff. Like, there's no reason that Memphis, as opposed to say Houston, should be going to back to back, to back to back AAC championship games. What sure. is Memphis? It doesn't have as big a recruiting territory. Doesn't have a nice on campus stadium. It doesn't no. have, like it doesn't. And yet, it was Memphis that's there. And I credit Mike Norvell and his staff for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go down to UCF and you walk around Spectrum Stadium. You walk around their campus, and it's a whole different world. I mean, I yeah. went to Memphis. I've been in the Liberty Bowl a million times. It's just like a whole different. It's a different universe. It's a different universe for me because it's just like everything is new. It, it was shiny. interesting because I was driving around. We were driving around a rental car down there, and it was with you, and it was the the student Christian who works Christian Fowler, yep. Christian Fowler who works for two four seven, and um and you all both went to Memphis. Yep, and we're driving around the campus, and you're both like. This is something else. This they, is they have this a, is they have an Amazon store on campus. Like it is wild. Like it's just insane to me. Like yeah. it, it's okay. Uh, how badly was Memphis cheated out of that game? On, oh. uh, do you do you do you think it was a a? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the officials were influenced by the unspoken desire of the conference to send UCF to a New Year's Day bowl? I don't know. I don't know. There's no way for us to know that, but I do know Memphis feels like it was. Like, I know they feel like – I was talking to somebody about Drew Kaiser the other day. Drew Kaiser, who was crying after the game, who played in his last championship game. He started 51 straight games at yeah. Memphis, who's – his back's messed up. His knees are messed up. He's given his all for Memphis, and he's going to be done playing football after this Birmingham Bowl. They feel cheated. I mean, they feel like that – I mean, I think they know on one hand, okay, we can't score three points against UCF and right. a half and win. Right, and you can't give up 700 yards and, and win. But those things are not unrelated. If, for example, the chop block hadn't been called back, well, that was a 44-yard yep. pass play, that then that was a touchdown that might not have been scored. If the uh, defensive holding flag hadn't been picked up uh, as it was, well, then Memphis would have gotten the first down. Who knows? In the, this is in the second half when they were the lead was cut to 14. Daryl Henderson had a t- touchdown um, taken Darryl, away. Yeah, right. Phantom holding call. So um, it's funny because I asked Mike Norvell about it before and he he didn't he just ducked it as he would but you got the sense before they knew it was coming and after you get the sense they clearly believed that it was and I believe it was I don't believe it was and I I don't believe that Mike Oresco was on the headphones yeah. telling him pick up that flag <laughs> but he might as well have been um is was was my sense and obviously then the second half what is and I I'll get away from we'll we'll leave football in a, in a, in a moment to me, it's a successful year, um, and I don't mind the Birmingham Bowl. I don't really like a, whatever. I, you're sitting in a stadium. It's not the most glamorous stadium in the world. It's close. People can go. It's a beatable 
difficult but beatable Power Five team. I, to me, this this the season was a success. It wasn't the zenith that they had, yeah. they had hoped for, but the season was another success. The defense continues to be a problem. It had got a little better towards the end of the season. They started forcing some turnovers. Even in the first half against UCF, they forced some turnovers. It's one of the reasons they took the lead. Fundamentally, do you think the problem with the defense is that I'll give you three choices and you maybe it's a little bit of all three. Is it that the offense operates in such a way that makes it really hard to be a, a successful defense? Does it mean, is it some issues with the scheme itself or is it three that it's hard to get athletes to play um, effectively defense on, on that side of the ball at the University of Memphis? I mean, no, because you, I don't think it's the athletes because you have guys like TJ Carter who is fantastic. He was probably one of the better freshman corners in the nation last year. I mean, he took a step back this year, but he really improved as the, as the season got along. He got back into form. You got Bryce Huff, O'Brien Goodson, guys who could go play SEC football potentially. Um, I think the biggest problem was the scheme in that game. They're rushing three. They didn't blitz a ton against a redshirt freshman quarterback. They said, okay, you're going to beat us Well, because they, 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 they wanted to contain him because they thought his biggest threat were his legs. And that didn't work because the cornerbacks just weren't good enough. Tito, Tito Windham got beat a bunch. The safeties weren't good enough. Uh, they were leaving guys wide open in the back of the defense, m- making it relatively easy throws. I mean, all he was done to do was throw straight down the field. The secondary was supposed to be a strength of this defense coming into the season. Yeah, it was. It was because you have guys like Josh Perry, who is once committed to Alabama, who's finally going to step into one of his biggest roles ever. And they were really excited about him. And he had an up and down season. Tyrese Lindsey, who was finally healthy, he was up and down. And Sanchez Blake, they had injuries all over the place. I mean, Tito Windham struggled with injuries all season long. Uh, they couldn't find a consistent backup. Depth was a problem at cornerback. And so talent really, it, it bit them in the butt. I mean, like even at linebacker, which I thought was going to be their strongest position group, ended up being up and down because Tim Hart took a step down this season. J.J. Russell, I don't think they have really figured out if he's an inside or an outside linebacker yet. Or, and then Jackson if, Dillon. If, you know. if uh, Jackson Dillon, one of my all-time favorite athletes, if, um, if Norvell is back, what assistants are in danger of leaving? We already lost one. I mean, all of them. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, until I mean, they've stuck with him though, yes. because of loyalty, because they love him, because he because he, they he, love he Memphis, and they love Memphis. Ryan Silverfield obviously is has options. Yeah. So sitting here today, I think the big rumor is Kenny Dillingham, Miami, Ryan Silverfield, Miami, and I don't think I don't think either one of those are the case. I don't think I've been told um, by m- multiple times that neither one of those things are true. That. The big rumor is that Mark Rick reached out to Kenny Dillingham to be his offensive coordinator next year, but I, I've been told that is 100% false um, by multiple people. But, you, you know, I mean, Kenny Dillingham is smart. I mean, he's a great football coach. And then somebody once told me, somebody really smart once told me that people look at offenses and are like, I want that offense. I want Mike Norvell's offense. So, well, I can't get Mike Norvell. He's a head coach. So what's the next best thing I can get? All right. His offensive coordinator. That's why Daryl Dickey's down at Texas A&M. So you never know what's going to happen. I think Kenny Dillingham is very loyal. I think he's uh, he loves Memphis. Well, I mean, so he, was, he, he was sort of a creation of Mike Norvell. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like he wouldn't be where he is without Mike Norvell. Like I think Anthony Jones, who um, recruits Memphis, who's a very good run, running backs coach, who they all love. I think he'll stay. I mean, like. I don't think these people are going to have shortage of offers when you have a a two t- two years in a row where you have a top ten offense. 
you think on the defensive side they'll be assured that those guys will be back because they didn't perform? We'll see. And they're not going to make a change, are they? You don't believe that Chris Ball is going to be there? I don't believe. I, I don't believe they'll make right. any okay. sort of change. Okay, let's move to basketball real quick. Um, I do want to start with recruiting. Obviously, uh, James Wiseman is uh, now signed, which is good. Um, for all kinds of reasons, um, a it's just nice not to have to worry about it. Yeah. Really, you know, it's not the, it, um, and then b he can now even more effectively recruit other guys, yeah. which gets me to my question. Um, Penny keeps saying, "I with James Wiseman, we hope he can bring two more other five. That's what he says. His line is two more other five star guys. He keeps saying that over and over again. Two more other five star guys. We're hoping he can bring two more other five star guys." Can they bring two more other five-star guys? And who would those guys be? Uh, Trent Watford is out there. Uh, Matthew Hurt is out there. Those are the ones that people talk about um, most commonly. Yeah. So, well, his first problem is he doesn't have the scholarships for that. He doesn't. And I don't see how that's possible at all unless some drastic changes are made after the season. Can't you make changes? You can. But, I mean, like Ryan Boyce has been promised a scholarship. and he's. I mean, you can take a son off scholarship. That'll only leave one open because Ryan Boyce is going on scholarship next year. So there would have to be some transfers. There'd have to be there some sort of changes. There will be. They'll, they could figure it out. Listen, obviously. you make room for Trenton Watford and Matthew Hart. Yeah, you make room, you make it happen. So Trenton Watford, I think they could get, obviously. I think Matt Hurt, he recently visited Kentucky. He doesn't have a um, an official visit scheduled to Memphis at this point. So I don't know. I think he, he could. See, no one can quite get their mind around the idea that yeah. he would actually do it. Like yeah. that people think he Memphis is in the, is in the hunt because of obviously Mike Miller, but will he actually pull the trigger? <laughs> it is funny though. Like I asked James Wiseman flat out about him and I said, do you think it's doable? And he said, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. so he obviously thinks it's doable. Yeah. Um, they think they can get everybody now because, and I, I really like that attitude is they, they don't approach someone like, oh, we, we even don't if they think, can't. Yeah, even if they can't, which is something the last staff did. They looked at a guy and like, oh, we're not even going to try. We can't get him. So they approach everybody like we could absolutely get this kid if we put in the time, the effort, the energy, which is what they're doing with Hurt. They're doing with Wofford. Um, Wiseman helps you a lot more with 2022 or, or just 2020 as well. Because um, R.J. Hampton, Jalen Green, those two guys are very, very close. They're two five-star guards who have uh, relationships with Wiseman. And th- those guys could, maybe if they end up reclassifying, that'll help you. Um, I know R.J. Hampton, I think we talked about it last week. R.J. Hampton has said he's not going to do it. Um, Jalen Green's kind of him hauling around with it, but that won't come. decision won't come until way later. And I know, the one thing I know is that Penny's telling people he wants a guard. He wants another guard for next year so. I could see two to three more in this class. What? Um, obviously, neither one of those guys are guards. Um, yeah. So that, that there, there, there's your scholarship issue because if you hurt and and Watford are not yeah guards. Um, what's the story with Damian Ball? Damian Ball, um, somewhat local kid. He played for Team Thad, which is tell local. tell people about him first of all. Um, uh, just a six four guard, long arms. He's tough. He's going to play defense. He's going to do all the little things. Athletic, really, really gotten better. He can play point guard or shooting guard. He can play either guard guard spot. Um, I've been talking to people a lot about him, getting to know him a little bit because I didn't get to watch him a ton over the summer. But he's a smart player who I really think Memphis has a shot at. I think Auburn, TCU, other big name schools are there too. How highly rated is he? Um, I think he's up in the one thirties right now, but rising, right. rising a lot. 
I see. So he may be another who they would be interested. Yeah, in. they've already offered him. Yeah. Okay. In terms of the, um, in terms of the progress of the team itself, uh, we're doing this podcast right in the wake of the win last night over South Dakota State, where I thought it was pretty clear. Um, that listen, some people may want them to be better than four and four at this point. Um, but I don't see how you can deny progress, I guess. And to me, that the most important thing was a bringing energy and enthusiasm back yep. to the program. The next most, well, that was, that was important. Also important, incredibly important to bring the recruits back. Right. And then the third thing is forget where they end up in the postseason. You know, I believe they can, they can win the conference tournament tournament. That's the, I've always thought that's the only way they were going to get to the NCAA tournament was to win the conference tournament. But what I wanted to see was progression and I wanted to see it a, because it provides evidence that Penny Hardaway can do it, you yeah. know, and then B, because when Wiseman and the rest arrive, you want them to be joining a team that is um, cohesive and effective. And I see progress. Do you see progress? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was last night the most impressive I've been with their defense all season long. I mean, Isaiah Maurice stood in the middle of the defense and looked like an actual center who could, like, who could do it. Um, and they haven't had that for a majority of the year. I don't expect that kind of performance from Isaiah Maurice every... No. First of all, South Dakota State, they've got some scorers, but they're not big, tough, no. physical. This is not like going against Oklahoma State or like this was This was a... It, it was not a rugged team. No, like night. he's... I don't think he's going to be able to do that against Tennessee. It, uh, against LSU. Like, no. you know, yeah. But if he can keep doing that against the SDSUs, the UABs of the world, maybe even some in conference play, that's big for Memphis because... They haven't had that. They have, and it helps their uh, their perimeter defense a lot. It gives Alex Lomax a little bit more confidence to keep doing what he's doing. You got Tyler Harris and Jeremiah Martin flying around in passing lanes and causing steals um, because they know, okay, if this guy gets by me, maybe he won't get to the free throw line or maybe he won't automatically get an easy layup. Um, they were really they impressed me with their defense. I think that's got got to be something good. they really really emphasize going forward. The uh, Alex Lomax was better. Uh, still, I, I never want to see him shoot a jumper, I'll be honest. <laughs> but, I mean, he got into the lane, and he was under control, and he was doing things defensively, all the things that Penny talks about. He, it's the ugly. I mean, he just he cannot shoot to no. save his life. No. But um, I think that'll come in time, and I'm not, I don't want to be too hard on him. I think he will be good in time. In the meanwhile, in the meantime, Tyler Harris has been fantastic. Over on my radio show, uh, a guy named Saluki Blue tweeted me and said, pointed out that the last freshman – to score 20 or more points in four of his first eight games was Dewan Wagner. Um, and among the, f- the first-year players who did not do it were Penny Hardaway, Keith Lee, <laughs> Derek Rose, uh, Tyreek. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it is fairly unprecedented, the yeah. level of, of scoring and effectiveness we see from him. He's been tremendous. Yeah, he, uh, he's been the leading scorer in six of the first eight games. Yeah. The other two were Keevan Davenport. Um, so Tyler's been fantastic. I think a little bit has to do with the, the amount of rope and the amount of leeway they're giving him, but that comes like that's the kind of thing you have to do with a player like Tyler, a guy who has to take some of the shots he has to take but, and, and makes. I expect get, him to yeah. go in, though. Yeah. Like, he took a crazy <laughs> one. He said last night, he said, I know when it gets too crazy, you know, when it's too yeah. crazy. And Boy, he's fun to watch. He's just a blast to watch. I think that that um, Antoine Jones was pretty effective last night. He finally hit a three, um, yep. and I thought he was reasonably effective. And yet, it was interesting because in the post game comments, Penny, who tends to be refreshingly candid, said, um, "Yeah, he clearly has high hopes for Antoine Jones, but he said 
Mm. Offensively, he really doesn't know the plays, and defensively, he doesn't know where to be. Yeah. And like he was harder on him last night than I thought his performance indicated if you were just watching it with your eyeballs. But he obviously knows in practice how much Antoine Jones is struggling to sort of get it. It's pretty clear when he's moving around the court that he doesn't get it. Like you see Tyler and you see Alo, even if they're struggling, that they get it. Isaiah Maurice, he may struggle, but he gets it. Um, another guy, Kareem Bruton. Kareem Bruton, I don't think he particularly shot very well from the field last night. I can't remember off the top of my head, but... Bruton was the only one of five, yeah. Yeah, but he gets it. He knows where to be. He knows how to move around in this offense. Antoine Jones doesn't seem to quite grasp that entire concept yet. He he takes shots when he should, and he stops the flow of the offense. He stops the ball, and he does um, does things that he probably shouldn't do a lot. Um, but if you can harness that talent, harness all of that, and maybe he will start getting it, maybe getting him in the game more, maybe getting him in the flow of action a little bit more will help him get there. And uh, you saw flashes of it last night, but he still takes shots that he shouldn't. He's out of position on defense. He fouls. He reaches. He's lo- and he gets lost. So I don't want to be too hard on him because I think he really is a guy. He's got great athletic promise. He, he could he tremendous. Could, he yeah. could be better. He could be the best player on this team if he gets it together. Yeah, Damian Bob, by the way, is one thirty nine right now. He's a four star, ranked at one thirty nine. All right, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, please join us again. And thanks to the OAM Network and Gil Worth. Remember, subscribe to the Daily Memphian at Daily Memphian It's just seven bucks a month. The first month is free. And now with annual subscriptions, you can get one and stick one under the tree uh, for someone. Subscribe to the Tigers podcast and all of our daily Memphian podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.